This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9, the business station, and I'm Lily Chai. When we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion in a company, it's about wanting to feel like you belong. It's about the feeling of being respected regardless of your race, your age, and your gender. But what can companies do to become more diverse and inclusive when embracing equity? I'm here to discuss this with uh, Beth Ridley. She is the CEO of Ridley Consulting Group in Wisconsin in the U.S. It runs programs for companies that want to apply diversity, equity, and inclusion in their decision-making and daily interaction with their employees. So welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. I'm super excited to be chatting with you. I'm also super excited to talk about this. Now, tell us who you are and what you do at Ridley Consulting Group. Yeah, okay. So um, I have my own consulting practice, and really I focus on leadership and workplace culture. Um, But I would say one of the most practical and important tools that a leader can use to be a good people leader to bring out the best in everyone our best practices around diversity, equity, inclusion. So out of all the work that we do, I have a heavy emphasis on that. And it's a topic that a lot of people are interested in, but it can feel a little heavy or complicated. So my consulting firm, we specialize in simplifying diversity, equity, inclusion, and making it really practical and applicable at work. We're not trying to get people to get a PhD in this topic, but just know enough in order to be useful. Um, So we do um, consulting. I have leadership programs, again, that really um, position diversity, equity, inclusion as leadership best practices, leadership competencies. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you have been doing this for, you know, you have 25 years of experience in leadership and managing consulting experience to help companies do that, right? Simplifying the best practices for DEI. Now, why was it important for you to start something like this? Well, uh, because I felt that, again, we were, DEI is so practical and useful in terms of leading to better decision making and outcomes, getting the most out of your talent. But I think my experience is we just made it too hard in, in the workplace. And so I like to say, even though I've been leading my consulting practice for four years, all of my work experience in corporate America has been related to DEI. And actually, I would say outside of corporate America, because I've lived abroad for half of my career. So I've worked in Tokyo, Johannesburg, Bangkok, and um, London. I've always been leading teams that were multicultural. So that's a heavy emphasis on DEI, right? How do you take the best of all these different perspectives, different cultures, different ways of thinking to have better impact on a shared outcome. So that was sort of like one lens that I didn't think was really being appreciated, like thinking of diversity really broadly. For one of my roles, I was leading diversity, equity, and inclusion for a Fortune 90 company in the U.S. And I felt that it was very much like, oh, as long as HR is doing something, other leaders don't have to do anything. And I just thought that that was a miss in terms of really, you know, helping all leaders be better people leaders. So that's why I left corporate to start my own consulting practice with this particular focus. Mm. 
But let's talk about what it really means, right? What DEI actually means. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, I believe they are not just limited to ethnicity, race, gender, and age as well. Yeah. And I think it just understanding what it means is the first most important thing to do if you're an individual or a company that's really interested in embracing this. Because I think we just like throw those words out, DEI, 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 and then nobody really knows what we're talking about. Mm. So if I were to break it down, I think you're exactly right. Diversity is everything that makes each of us unique. Um, I think particularly in the United States, not so much in other places in the world, we tend to focus and limit the conversation of diversity around primarily race, ethnicity, and gender. It's like those two buckets. And I think that's a huge miss because no one person wants to be solely defined by the wrapper that they come in. So for me as an African-American woman, my race and my gender hugely important to me, but that's oftentimes the least interesting thing about me. (laughs) And I think a lot of people can relate. Also, if we limit our definition of diversity to race and gender, people start to think, well, there's diverse people and then there's not diverse people. Mm -hmm. And the people who wouldn't consider themselves to be diverse are like, well, what does DEI have to do with me? Right. This is about other people. This has nothing to do with me. So I'm not interested. And that's not true. Um, A lot of times when I work with companies, I have them think about even if you all look the same, what's the diversity amongst you that maybe you need to address to make people feel more included? And a lot of times people will say, well, it's the introverts versus extroverts. The leadership team is highly made up of extroverts. Introverts sometimes feel overlooked. It might be people based on your life stage, right? A woman was telling me she is a certain age, doesn't have kids. Everyone on her team has kids. They're always talking about kids. All of the outings are family oriented and she just doesn't feel that same sense of inclusion. Mental health is a big hidden dimension of diversity. Um, It's a big topic that we're talking about here in the United States. What causes stress and anxiety at work is different for different people. So it, you know, it's beneath the surface. You have to create an environment where someone, if they need help, they feel okay asking for it and revealing that aspect of themselves. So diversity needs to be the things that we can see that make us different and the many, many, many things that are hidden that make us different. Mm, There are so many layers to this, right? And I guess the biggest question that we had this conversation as well. Like, what is the difference between equity and equality? What's the... Yes. Oh, that's a big one. I can sometimes do like an entire like workshop on that. But again, I like to simplify. So I'm going to give you a super practical um, way to think about it. So equity and equality are different. So you can think of equality Hmm. as the desired outcome. We want everyone to be equal chance to be successful, have equal access to resources, right? So think of that that degree of fairness, right? Um, That's equality. That's the desired outcome. But recognizing that everyone's different, as we just talked about, then um, equity means you have to be flexible, in order to achieve the desired outcome of equal. So you could think of equity as the true pathway to equality. For example, let's just say based on life stage, right? I worked for a company every Monday morning, they had a 7 a.m. meeting. Worked for most people, 
who either didn't have kids or had a spouse at home to drop the kids off to school. Didn't work for some people because, you know, they had kid duty in the morning and were always coming late or missed the meeting. They didn't have an equal chance to be present in the meeting, Mm. right? But if we had a more flexible approach, right, maybe if we had that 7A meeting, it's okay to call in or choose a different time for the 7A meeting or don't always have it the same day and the same time. That's an applying an equity approach, the flexibility. So I say equity is just where can we be more flexible than a one size fits all. And oftentimes we think, oh my God, we can't change everything to accommodate everybody. (laughs) And that may be true, but I also like to say, we don't often even ask the question to explore. And a lot of times applying an equity lens doesn't mean you spend more money. It doesn't mean that you gotta like change everything. It's just the small things that enable more people to be equally successful. Hmm, I really love that. Now, talk to me about why is it important to have measures like this in a company? What's the worst that could happen if they don't do it? If you're not measuring, you know, you really do want to understand your resources, your investment of time. Is it adding up to the desired outcomes? So I think there's many ways of measuring this work. And it really starts with, you know, what do we hope is different Mm -hmm because of our investment in DEI and then somehow take those words and you can ascribe metrics to it. So some very common metrics um, around this work of DEI would be, have we improved the workplace culture? That can be measured by a workplace culture survey. I like to use a cultural belonging survey. So that's an easy way to measure is our effort adding up. Another metric may be looking more diverse, especially at the leadership levels, matters because we're going to bring diverse perspectives and thoughts. So there's an easy way you can measure, you know, for example, for every open position, are we making sure that we're interviewing a diverse slate of candidates? Mm. And so that is a great way to measure. Um, I, I like to think of measures in like three stages. So stage number one is just, are you doing anything? Like, are you doing the work that you need to do to make a difference at all? And that simply may be, everyone's gonna watch a course so that we understand the definition of diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, everyone is going to listen to your podcast <laughs> so that you understand, you know what I mean? Like there's some simple things and you can measure that, like what percentage of your employees listened or showed up. You know, if it's a low percent, you're not going to get bigger outcomes. So I'd say just measure the activity in the near term. In the midterm, you want to measure sort of annually is our effort adding up to anything? And that could be like a cultural belonging survey mm-hmm. metric. In the long term, you really want to be more tracking. Are we achieving the difference that we want to achieve with a three to five year time horizon? And those might be things like, yes, we have more tangible diversity at the leadership level because our near term activity and annual efforts have added up to that. Yes, our company did receive an award as a great place to work due to the culture because our near-term activity and our annual efforts added up to that. Mm. So there's no shortage of how to measure this work. I actually do want to talk about what does it mean to be good at all these? Like, 
although metrics are there, but some yeah. companies are just there to tick a check of boxes, right? But I do want to mm-hmm. explore that uh, side of conversation, but it's time for us to take take a break for some messages, but don't go anywhere. I'm here with Beth Ridley. She is the CEO of Ridley Consulting Group in Wisconsin, US. It runs programs for companies that want to apply diversity, equity, and inclusion in their decision-making and daily interaction with their employees. So do stay with us here on BFM 89.9. Blues, folk, metal. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Raise Your Game here on BFM 89.9, the business station, and I'm Lily Chai. Today, I'm here with Beth Ridley. She is the CEO of Ridley Consulting Group in Wisconsin, U.S. It runs programs for companies that want to apply diversity, equity, inclusion, also known as DEI, in their decision-making and daily interaction with their employees. So before the break, you're talking about the metrics and uh, the ways that the companies can measure how effectively they're implementing DEI in, in their company structure, right? But what does it really mean to be good, quote-unquote good, at DEI? Uh, because I guess a lot of companies just do this by, you know, just adding a few women in uh, on uh, as, as board members or, you know, having a few employees of different races. And that basically checks off a few boxes, right? But is that really so? Is that is visible difference enough for DEI? Yeah. So I like to say the way to be good, and I'm using my air quotes here, (laughs) and to make this work actually sustainable is when each individual looks at their daily interactions, their daily decision making with a diversity, equity and inclusion lens. And so that means you are appreciative of the diversity around you, the ones that you can see and the hidden ones that we talked about. You are approaching diversity as an asset, not anything to be avoided or to ignore or to think that it's bothersome. Even diversity that makes you uncomfortable, you're unfamiliar with, it will make, it will lead to better decisions, better outcomes by embracing diversity. That's the inclusion piece. And the equity piece is, are you always thinking about how can we be flexible and appreciate that one size doesn't always fit all? When you can approach your daily interactions and your decision-making with that lens, Mm -hmm. that's how you bring out the best in everybody and lead to better decisions and outcomes. So to me, that's what being good at it is. And um, maybe another way of describing what it means to be good is what it isn't. And I want to dispel a couple of myths around what it means to be good at DEI. So some people, when I first start working with them, they think to be good at DEI means I have to know everything that there is to know about different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I need to know all the right words to say and, you know, the, the current like language to use. And I say, well, you're already gonna fail because how can you? We, we already talked about there's so many differences. I, you, you can't memorize your way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of, Are you humble enough to know what you don't know? And are you courageous enough to ask, how will I ever know, Lily, what your life experience is like living in, growing up in Kuala Lumpur, unless I ask? And if I don't ask, I'm going to keep leading with my assumptions and stereotypes. So Mm -hmm. it's not about being, it's not about knowing a lot. It's about recognizing what you don't know, having the courage to ask. 
And then I would say also, when you hear something that is very different from your worldview, your beliefs, your values, your life experience, to not dismiss it, but to seek to understand it. A lot of times people think, well, I don't want to change my beliefs or my values. You don't, but you do have to accept and appreciate that there are people who have different beliefs and values and that that is okay. (laughs) And that you will have to respect them just as you would expect someone to respect your beliefs and values. So to me, it's more of a discipline that you can apply again in your daily interactions and in your, in your decision-making, that's how you get good at this work to the level where it translates to actual tangible uh, results Mm -hmm. and benefits. I really love that respecting others. You don't have to, you don't need to change what you believe in. You don't have to change your values. It's about respecting that people have other point of views. They have other, their upbringing is different. So we have to respect that, right? I really love that. No, but in companies, like from higher levels to to the lower tiers of the employees, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the easiest practices that companies can implement to achieve yeah. DEI? Okay, so I think the easiest practices are really, I would focus on the being curious mm. and seeking to understand. So a lot of times I like to give people practical applications of diversity, equity, inclusion during meetings because we spend so much time in meetings and meetings is where decisions are made, work gets done. So a really super simple way of being more curious to embrace diversity as an asset in a meeting is to always think, who else should weigh in on this? What other perspective are we missing before we pull the trigger? Because in the absence of being curious, we all tend to fall prey to confirmation bias and groupthink. Confirmation bias is the tendency to double down on information to confirm what we already believe. That leads to really suboptimal decisions. A group think is when you're all alike, you tend to think alike and come up with, again, suboptimal outcomes. So a really tangible way to be good at DEI in the workplace is to be that one person who always says, what other perspectives have we not considered? Mm-hmm. Challenge yourself to bring in different intentionally diverse viewpoints to broaden the thinking. And then another way to apply the inclusive lens is, again, how do we not just go through the act of getting different perspectives or checking in with uh, resources to inform our decision? Are we really, really, really seeking to understand and trying to apply that flexible mindset? And the easiest way to do that is to frame a meeting discussion as both and Hmm. a lot of times we just again look at the world through our own lens and we want everything to be our way because we think our way is the right way Um, but a lot of times when we start bringing in diverse perspectives we have to balance that diversity that those potential paradoxes by framing discussions as both and so for example a recent conversation that a group of leaders I had were were struggling with because they couldn't see a way out was 
again, I, mental health is a big issue at work. A lot of employees are suffering from stress and anxiety, but they also want them to be productive. <laughs> Sales can't go down. You know, there was one camp that was all about, no, we, we, we have to focus on employee well-being. Another camp that was, yeah, but we there is no well-being if we're not making sales. Mm-hmm. Again, looking at the situation just from a limited lens. And I said, let's bring more people into the conversation and reframe it as both and. How do we both support employee well-being and drive productivity? Now have that conversation and see what different outcomes you get. And you will always have a better outcome when you look at a challenge or an opportunity from a diverse perspective, which is just thinking beyond what is comfortable or the way that we've always done it. Those are super tangible, easy ways. And frankly, if you do that, you will just be better at your job. And if you're better at your job, you're going to have a more fulfilling career. People will like working with you better because you're receptive to different ideas. You're going to be a better leader. And then those are the small, little tangible things that everyone can do. You don't need a budget. You don't need an initiative. You don't need a company strategy. These are things that each individual can do in their day to day. It's as simple as asking the question, right? What other perspectives are we missing? Start there. And, and, Start with that. Exactly. And balancing both ends. It doesn't have to be one over another. It can They can both exist simultaneously, right? I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, how about during recruitment? Like we've been talking about things uh, in the office at work, right? But how about when it comes to recruitment, what can be in place to enforce DEIs? How do we minimize bias during that process? Um, A couple things. I'll give you three things, right? I think the first thing is, one, there has to be an intentional conversation. Diversity is good for business, Mm. but what? how do we define diversity, right? So for some organizations, it might be, yeah, we need more women. But for some organizations, it might be, well, we need more people from the East Coast as opposed to the Midwest. Or it could be we need people with this type of uh, professional background uh, because we don't have that now. So I think first is let's be clear on the type of diversity that will enhance and complement the work environment. So that would be sort of just one thing. The second thing then is being open to talent that may not be well reflected in your organization is to have multiple people involved in the interview process so that you have multiple people sort of sharing their reflections uh, on on the candidate. Um, And then, you know, frankly, you also want to make sure you're hiring people who are going to contribute to your DEI and belonging um, priorities. So I also say, make sure you build in questions to ask someone, how do they think about diversity, equity, inclusion? In what ways have they had to uh, work with people who are different than them? Um, How do they bridge across differences, right? Um, You also want to make sure that you're bringing in people because just because they look different Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they value and want to contribute to your investment in DEI. Mm. Actually, before we move on to uh, my next question, I have 
how are companies from your experience progressing in terms of DEI? Because I do have an experience. Um, I went to Korea uh, last year and I have a few Korean friends who are actually working and living there for the longest time. They are, they are Koreans that are uh, born and raised there. They say that yeah. even the companies themselves, right, when they see people of other ethnicity or other, even if they look the same, they're from a different country, a different yeah. lens will be will be viewed and uh, perceived, right? And and that stigma, that stereotype still hasn't been removed for the longest time. So, yeah. so can you give us like your perspective from your experience on how companies are progressing in terms of having DEI in place? Oh, I I see tremendous progress. Now, I'm I'm my perspective is a little biased because people are coming to me specifically because they want to do better. <laughs> so, so in my world, I'm working with companies that care and they see the benefit and they're reaping the rewards. I feel like those organizations who are still not investing in DEI, there's going to be a huge gap in terms of, you know, companies that are going from good to great and great to best because of the culture and those who are not. There is a war on talent still. Companies want to hire the best talent. And that means you have to look in broad and diverse candidate pools. And you can only attract the best talent if you have a workplace culture of belonging that invests in diversity, equity, inclusion. So for those companies who are doing it, they're light years ahead. I mean, if you think about it, I've been doing this work, let's just say for 30 years, it's always maturing. And it's sort of reflected in the new letter that's sort of added to the work. Because when I first started working, it was just diversity, right? There was diversity training. And it was really about like, oh, look at the diversity from gender and race, but you know, only talk about the weather because you know we don't wanna like stir stuff up. Then, you know, a decade after that, it was inclusion. And then it was like, oh, we're going to launch all these employee resource groups. We're going to have International Food Day. But it was going to be more like, you know, activity based and not integrated into business. Then it was more equity, which is like, no, like diverse diversity is good. And how do we make sure everyone is equally successful? I've got organizations that are now leaning into belonging as part of the employee well-being strategy or justice in terms of how are we good stewards in the community, environmental ESG, environmental social governance as the broad umbrella of a a metric of how public companies are being measured Mm -hmm. in terms of good stewards of all their resources, environmental resources, human resources, um, and, 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 and the like. So I feel this work, it's always enduring. And it, it, it quickly becomes the differentiator between great companies and okay companies. The culture always will be, and DEI is such a reliable tool in a leader's toolkit to create a thriving workplace culture. So it's just a matter of what is the application that is popular today. And right now, what a lot of the conversations that people are pulling me in is around how do we make culture such that it minimizes stress, anxiety, and supports employee well-being, because that is a priority. Mm-hmm. Companies are not retaining talent, and they're spending a lot of money when people leave due to stress and anxiety. We're working employees really hard. This is maybe more of a U.S. lens. 
Um, and so how do we make sure that this culture is one where people feel a genuine sense of connected, feel genuinely respected? Because when you don't, that causes a lot of stress at work. How do we make our culture one where people want to show up? Mm-hmm. And DEI is a piece of that. You know, I would say six months ago, it was really more about, oh, my God, you have so many open positions. Quick, we need talent, but we need the best talent from places that we don't normally recruit from. So anyways, it's it's always evolving. And I, I think it's helping workplaces get better mm-hmm. the more seriously companies are investing in it. All right. I guess um, let's wrap up the conversation with this question of um, there will be employees who are and employers, right, who are reluctant to engage in DEI conversations or even not not even implementing them, even having that conversation is difficult for them. Now, how can we break that? How can we break that reluctance and make them be involved in more of these conversations? I think you just have to show how DEI benefits everyone. Again, if people think I'm not diverse, why should I care? You have to show that, well, we're talking about how you can feel included um, given what makes you unique, because I think everyone can sort of relate to, eh, I have to work a little extra hard to fit in. So you got to like help make people feel that DEI is for everyone. It, everyone benefits from a cultural belonging, therefore everyone should contribute. You also have to make it easy for people, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, a simple call to action is, hey, in every meeting, always think about what's a new perspective that we could enter. Uh, everybody can kind of do that, right? Um, then I think you have to ultimately make the link between diversity, equity, inclusion is leadership because leadership is bringing out the best in the people around you. Hmm. So, you know, whether you use DEI tools or some other tools, our expectation is you are going to be that leader that brings people in versus alienates people. Um, so, you know, it's up to you how you want to do that. I suggest DEI because I can make it easy and I can make it relevant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we expect everyone to contribute in a positive way to the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a, a, a good way to bring, I, I say, bring people into DEI versus alienate them. And a lot of times, they're resistant because they don't know what it is. They don't see how it's relevant to them. And they're not asked to do anything. So you got to ask too. Hmm. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, Beth. I really love and enjoyed this conversation today. I enjoyed the conversation. And to your last point about making it easy and relevant for people, can I suggest uh, simple downloadable resources? I like to give 50 ideas <laughs> to apply DEI in your day-to-day uh, for your listeners, if they want to go to RidleyResources.com. So my last name, Resources.com. I've got options of all little info sheets to download to give you lots of ideas to apply DEI in simple ways in your day-to-day. That is fantastic. Thank you so much again, Beth. I've been speaking to Beth Ridley. She's the CEO of Ridley Consulting Group in Wisconsin, U.S. It runs programs for companies that want to apply diversity, equity, and inclusion in their decision-making and daily interaction with their employees. If you miss any part of this show, of course, you can go ahead on our website at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play to listen to the full conversation. I'm Lily Chai, and this has been Racer Game here on BFM 89.9.
been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app. 